0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
2: per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment.
3: From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Alisa Benson. Cosmopolitan.com
0: survey all about marriage at a young age the results came pouring in and we realized this is a topic that definitely needs to be discussed further and what better place than the Cosmo podcast from marriage to divorce the frequency of sex early in the relationship to years down the line we learned so much about what young married couples are experiencing and I can't wait to discuss it today I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast. And today we're talking about 20-something marriage. Joining me on the panel is Cosmopolitan.com's features editor and my dear friend Emma Barker. Hi, Emma. Hi. How and are you? I should say frequent podcast guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Emma, tell us this was your sort of undertaking. Um, what was the study all about, and what was your biggest takeaway from the survey?
1: Yeah, so the idea behind the survey was um came from some questions we get from readers a lot, uh, mainly that you know, you talk about your relationships a lot with your friends um, until you get married. Mm-hmm. And then you it feels kind of taboo to talk about your marriage um or you feel like you have to present it as super happy because you made this lifelong commitment right um so it's not very like realistic right um and yeah I think that's like a really I mean having
0: never been married myself but I think that's a really good point it's like that sort of cliche of like brunch talk with your girlfriends and like talking about your sex life or talking about all the dates you went on it's just like you don't talk about your husband in the same way yeah um And also, I can say as a single person, I feel like I project a little bit of that too. Whereas I'm like, oh well, like your married life is your married life. It's always the same. You have not, you you have no new stories for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it results in a lot of um, misinformation and confusion on the part, on the behalf of single single. I mean, men as well, but you know, we specialize in women. Right? Um, What are men? (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Uh, So a lot of single women. Don't really have a realistic view of what marriage is like, mm. um, especially as young women who don't, you know, maybe some of half of their friends are getting married and half of them aren't. and they're only really hearing from the ones that aren't. Right. um and the the information that they're getting from the ones who are married are just like, everything's great, right. Um, right? which isn't very realistic. And then maybe that, you know, we get a lot of um questions from people who have just gotten married of like, Oh, this is really hard and I didn't like I thought it would just be great because that's all I hear about marriage. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of dispel those myths and a good way to do that we thought was with a survey, which is anonymous. Um, so people were more willing to be really honest um with their responses and we asked the, you know, some kind of brutally honest questions about their sex lives, about how often they fight about whether they've threatened divorce to their spouse, um, the kind of things that you would never talk about with your friends.
0: Right, right. And what was the biggest, what was the sort of, like, most shocking finding for you?
1: Um, I think one of the most surprising things was that, you know, you hear the, like, big joke about married sex is, like, men want... Like sex, to- women stop being interested in sex after they get married, right. and it's always like the man being like, "Oh, my wife won't right. put out anymore." Right, right, right. Um, but actually, one of the finding our biggest findings was that fifty percent of married women in their twenties wish they were having more sex. Oh, so that's on both sides, yeah. Both men and women who are in their twenties wish they were having more sex, but aren't. Um, and these stats also show that. Married couples in their twenties do have more sex than their single counterparts, just mm. because they have a go-to partner. Right, there's someone in bed yeah, right next to you at, at all times. There's someone always there. Yeah. But something that was really interesting is, you know, you hear, you also hear a lot about um, once you have a kid, then you're too tired for sex, and mm. you're never, you're never having sex. Um, but we actually saw that a lot of people, as pretty much as soon as they get married, were saying, "I'm too tired for sex. We don't have enough sex." Mm. And so something we've been looking into is why that is. You know, why are you suddenly too tired for sex as soon as you get married? Why does marriage make you tired? And we were specifically, you know, you would think, well, maybe older people are getting married. They're more tired because they're old. Right. Um, But we were specifically looking at married people in their 20s. Right. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So sort of a little like nugget of an idea to be
0: further explored. Yeah. It also reminds me of the infamous Cosmopolitan.com piece by Cosmo Frank about Mm -hmm. tired women. <laughs> yes.
1: Women are always too tired. Yeah, yeah. It's true.
0: Yeah. um, But I'm men tired are right also now. always
1: too tired. Yeah. So that applies to men as well. Yeah, and
0: also, like, lazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, another finding that I found surprising was regarding sending nudes, mm. um, which... You know, you mostly associate that with uh, single people, like sexting or whatever, um, as a kind of casual hookup type thing. Us moralist single people. Yes. Sending our nudes to anyone who
0: wants them, and even people who don't.
1: Yeah, but we actually found that um, a really high percentage of married 20-somethings send their partners nudes. Right. Um, And another interesting finding was that women don't like getting dick pics even if they know the dick,
0: <laughs> you
1: you know. I guess even I, a dick
0: you're married to. Yeah,
1: I guess you always thought that uh, dick. You know, dick pics were unappealing because you're just getting it unsolicited, From, like randos. Yeah. yeah, which interesting. Apparently, even a dick you love is unappealing <laughs> in a sext. So, right. <laughs> so
0: men is this? Men, do men know about this? Yeah. Everyone, tell one man you know. <laughs> But no I wonder if the
1: reason things. is because men are, like, bad at photography.
0: Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, maybe
1: the presentation is off. Right, 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 right. It's like,
0: is there's some, like, better lighting happening? <laughs> like, make an Instagram
1: wall for your job. Yeah, desk.
0: exactly. Like, find that flamingo wallpaper background. <laughs> yeah. That, like, shuffleboard place Get in Brooklyn. Get some good lighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, there's so much we can dive into in this topic. I think already the sort of top line results of the survey have been really interesting. So let's go ahead and call up a few of our friends. what yeah. you
1: say? Love it. All right.
0: Our first guest today is a millennial love expert, which is way more than I can say for myself. She's also a licensed mental health counselor, relationship counselor, and dating consultant who works with individuals and couples to help their love lives thrive. She tackles all relationship issues from breaking up to dating, increasing relationship satisfaction, and coping with infidelity. She's a contra- ah, she's a contributing expert for a number of outlets, including the Today Show, the Huffington Post, Brides Magazine, and more. On the line to share with us her expert opinion on our marriage survey from lovesuccessfully.com is Samantha Burns. Hi, Samantha. Hey, how's it going today? Good. How are you? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, our neighbor up north or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep,
2: not too far away. (laughs) So,
0: Samantha, we're talking all on the episode today about this survey that Cosmopolitan did that kind of focused specifically on the secret married lives of 20-somethings you know I think a lot of people know the sort of larger trends around marriage which is that people are getting married later and you know there are reasons for this and um, we actually just did a whole episode of the podcast about women changing their names but the point of the survey was really to get inside the minds of these married couples and sort of find out the secret things that are happening that they're not talking to um, their friends about or maybe feel like they feel pressure to sort of upkeep this idea of a perfect marriage. Um, so one of the major findings that the survey highlighted, which we hear from relationship experts all the time, is that many ca- couples lack good communication. What would you say to young couples who have married and maybe in a rocky place? Because everyone sort of knows that, that communication is, c- communication is important,
2: yep. but it can still be hard. You cut out a little bit. Did you say that, the good communication? Yeah. You know, I think all
0: couples have heard how important communication is, but that can still be so difficult, you know, what are some advice that you have for young couples who are in a rocky place?
2: Sure. So first, I would tell young couples that they're certainly not alone. I mean, almost every couple that's come in to work with me, whether they're in their early 20s or even late 40s, um, they could be arguing about money, sex, infidelity. But the problem management all boils down to communication. And in fact, there's this really popular couple therapist who does a lot of research, his name is John Gottman, and he found that 69% of relationship conflict is due to perpetual problems. That might be based in differences in your personality or lifestyle. So what this means for people is that it's not necessarily realistic to think that you are going to solve the problem. So the solution lies in managing the problem through effective communication so these communication tools are so important for couples and a lot of people you know we we don't go to school and learn about you know effective communication skills even though they're vital to the success of our relationship so i'll just keep it short but i'll give you a few tips that i teach my clients um and they start around the acronym of love so l u v which is perfect for couples so l stands for listen u stands for understand and v stands for validate mm-hmm. so what i mean by this is to effectively communicate you have to actively listen to your partner so giving them your full attention stop scrolling on facebook or instagram put your phone down make eye contact with your partner and nod along to show that you're listening then to understand that you have to be able to, once your partner tells you how they're feeling, to kind of paraphrase it back to them or summarize what your partner just told you so that you can show to them that you really understand what they're saying. And this also gives your partner the opportunity to say, yes, you got it, you know how I'm feeling. Or they might say, no, let me clarify or let right. me elaborate on this. And then the V for validate is really validating your partner's emotional experiences. So it's important to remember it's not about being right or wrong or disputing the facts of an argument. It's about stepping into your partner's reality and saying, I understand that you're feeling hurt or angry. And it's showing that um, that you get their emotional experience. So again, not disputing the facts, but that you understand the way your partner is feeling because everyone is entitled to those feelings. So I think those are some great just basic effective communication skills that anyone can start with. Yeah, it sounds so easy when
1: you say it. <laughs> yeah. So one of, the, one of the findings of our survey was that um, we found that a lot of young couples especially um, threatened divorce in the heat of a fight, um, but those same couples also say that their marriages are generally happy and they didn't mean it. Um, but it happens again and again, um, and I wonder if you've uh, encountered, uh, you know, talk to couples where this happens, and does threatening divorce in a heated situation have, you know, even if you revisit and say, I didn't mean it, I just, you know, was heated, um, does that have negative or positive repercussions down the road, and does, does it even matter if both people are generally happy in, in the relationship?
2: Sure. Well, I think, number one, yes, of course I think it matters if people are happy in their relationship Um, because the same age we're in, you know, we get married more so for the quality of the relationship and less so because, you know, it's taboo or stigma to have, you know, kids outside of wedlock or because we... You feel like we have to be married before we own a home together. So right now, a lot of millennials, and definitely the older millennials, but those young millennials, like I I definitely think that we should wait a little longer um, in order to get married for love and for the quality of the relationship. And so when people throw out the word divorce, it's actually really toxic to the foundation of your marriage and relationship. I think that when you throw out the divorce, it really the D word. It really rocks that safety and security and trust in your relationship. And um, it makes people insecure that you might leave. So if you should never use the word divorce. And if you are thinking about divorce seriously, then it's time to have a sit down conversation, communicate, maybe go to a counselor or therapist to help you work through the issue. But it should never just be used as a job in an argument to, you know, elicit, a response from your partner.
1: So basically don't use the word <laughs> divorce unless you've thought about it for like three days and right. you're not immediately heated. Right.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, okay. it shouldn't be used. Sometimes people throw it out just because they want to shut their partner up or they, you know, want to hurt them, and that's definitely not cool. Mm
0: -hmm. I am not to take this conversation to a dark place, but I have more questions about divorce, Um, Mm -hmm. and obviously I've not been married, so this is just, like, I don't really know. But, Samantha, you know, in terms of... I would imagine like throwing around the word, throwing around the D word in the heat of the argument is one thing, but I would think for most couples who get divorced, it is something that one or both parties have been thinking about for a significant amount of time. If you're in a relationship and you're having those thoughts, is that normal? Like, is, you know, for instance, I would say in any job, even if you have a job you love, we all have quitting fantasies and that doesn't mean we necessarily want to leave. I would imagine to some extent that is also true for married people, but I don't know. If You know, how do you know if you're having thoughts about divorce or questioning your decision, if that is something you should take seriously or if that's sort of a normal part of making a serious life change?
2: Sure. So I don't think um, – I like to steer clear of the word normal just because I think everyone has unique experiences. But I think in general, when you're committed to the relationship and things are good, you're often – spending your time thinking about making future plans together or life goals or you're investing into the relationship Uh, and really that's like day one for me (laughs) so when you're questioning divorce I think you know it does kind of signify a problem because you wouldn't be having those thoughts if you were satisfied or feeling really you know intimate and connected with your partner so usually if you, you have the thoughts of the divorce crossing your mind Um, take a look at your intimacy and what might be lacking emotionally. Are you feeling disconnected or is the resentment building up? And those are the kinds of things where divorce is like the, the very last outcome and there's so much you can do to prevent it. Or again, it all starts with that communication at the beginning. Sometimes it just takes saying, Hey, I've been feeling really disconnected this week and finding a way to do something to connect, whether it literally be a big hug um, research shows that six-second hugs can release oxytocin and make us feel much more connected to our partners. Or you might need a date night or, you know, a more significant intervention, but you have to speak up. It's not good to let those thoughts of divorce just sit in the back of your mind and sit there in silence. That yeah. makes
1: sense. So another another big worry that we found, um, and this was, you know, the, the divorce thing was kind of across both genders. But another thing we found is that 20-something women who are married are two times more likely than 20-something men to worry about their spouse cheating on them. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think, I mean, A, have you noticed that that, 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 that's a bigger concern for women? And also, um, why do you think women are so much more worried about their spouse cheating than men are?
2: Sure. So I'm actually glad you asked me that because I completed my master's thesis on uh, gender differences in infidelity and counseling a couple through an affair. So this is like the perfect topic for me. Um, and You've devoted your life's st- work to cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I guess statistically, um, it is more common in research uh, to show that men are more likely to stray than women. Although it's really hard to do infidelity research because so many people underreport it or lie about it. So it's hard to really get accurate numbers. But what we do know is that men tend to cheat for more physical reasons because they're attracted physically to someone or because they are dissatisfied with the lack or quality of sex in their relationship, so they seek it outside of the marriage. Whereas women do stray, but they're more likely to cheat because of emotional reasons, so feeling disconnected from their partner for feelings of, love or connection with someone with someone outside of the relationship um and so there's also there's emotional infidelity and physical infidelity and research shows both are just as damaging to a marriage that can lead to divorce or a breakup in a relationship so i think that um you know with both both genders cheat men tend to cheat a little more and due to physical reasons so I wonder, you know, if the women in your survey are reporting worrying about it more, you know, well, why are they worrying? Is it because they feel like maybe their sex life isn't great right now and they worry their husband might be straying or they're feeling disconnected? And so if they're feeling disconnected, they're wondering, well, is my partner feeling disconnected and are they, you know, taking action to go outside of the marriage?
1: Yeah, well, it seems like if, um, you know, if men mostly cheat for physical reasons, that seems like a more heat of the moment kind of thing where you're, you know, out at a bar, you've had a couple drinks and you see a hot girl and you just like hook up with her. Um, Whereas an emotional hookup, like if women are when women cheat, probably is like a slower build. So I wonder if women are more concerned because it seems like men could just, like, go out and cheat at any moment. Right. Whereas like an impulse. Yeah, whereas with women cheating, like, maybe men are concerned about it, but they feel like they'll see it coming. Yeah, I I also just kind of feel like that's a little bit baked into
0: the culture, this idea that, like, kind of, like, all men are cheaters. You know, we just, we see that depicted in pop culture so often, and, like, we've all witnessed it with our own eyes, too. Like, we've been at bars and seen men sort of, like, slip a wedding ring into their, like, pocket or whatever yeah. um yeah and men are just disgusting
2: <laughs> so that's
0: that's there are my thought men on that. out there
2: who don't cheat but <laughs> who yeah, is like samantha give me names and i think you know it all comes down to setting boundaries around your relationship so you know the majority of our day is not spent with our partner we can develop emotional or physical connections with coworkers, with someone at the bar if we're not out with our spouse like it happens all the time so it's more so you taking the responsibility to set appropriate boundaries and commitment to to not cheat and that's like a decision every day to to remain faithful to remain in your relationship to choose to be together so just because you're married it's not just a a given that all things will be kittens and rainbows it takes you know active effort every day
0: it takes as you said earlier l u v That's so cute. I'm going to remember that. Well, Mm -hmm. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all your um, wisdom and your advice. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for having me, guys. This is some great research you did. Thank you. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Jet is a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the stuff you buy all the time. This is my favorite thing about it. Are you guys ready for this? Prices drop as you shop. The more you add to your cart, the more you save. I think every store in the world should work that way, but Jet is one that actually does. You get free shipping on orders over $35 and free returns within 30 days. You get two-day delivery on thousands of everyday essentials, and there's no membership or annual fees or weird things like that. You get all the benefits without paying an extra price. They have 24-7 customer service. That's one of the things they're super proud about with their Jet head team in Salt Lake City. I love using Jet because I have a roommate and so we're constantly doing things like needing to stock up on the essentials like sparkling water and toilet paper. And it's just so much easier if we can do that all digitally. It makes it easier to send, you know, figure out the bills, et cetera, et cetera. We can shop from our couches, order it. Everything is there two days later and we don't pay a dime on shipping. They have a great selection, comparative prices, and easy ways to save money. And as I mentioned earlier, I just love that the more you shop, the more you save, especially If you spend way too much money shopping on the internet, as I do, for $10 off your first three orders over $35, visit jet.com and enter promo code COSMO at checkout. Once again, for $10 off your first three orders over $35, visit jet.com and enter promo code COSMO terms and conditions apply see jet.com for details and just one more time for $10 off your first three orders over $35 visit jet.com and enter promo code cosmo my next two guests on the line are in fact married to each other they actually got engaged while still in high school welcome high school sweethearts diana and danny hi guys hello Hi. where are you guys calling from
3: We are calling from Madison, Wisconsin.
0: Oh, my sister lives there, but we can talk about that later. (laughs) Um, So how long have you guys been been married now?
4: Uh, It'll be 10 years in September.
0: Oh, my gosh. And you've been engaged since you were in high school.
4: Yeah, we we got engaged um, our senior year in high school.
0: Oh, my God. You guys are a success story.
3: (laughs)
4: Yeah,
0: I would
2: say so.
0: <laughs> so, how old were you when you first started dating?
3: Um, I was just turning uh, 14 excuse me, fifteen.
0: Oh my god!
3: Wow. No dating.
0: And so, wait, Danny, are you an older man?
4: <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm thirty right now. Yeah, uh, but when yeah, yeah. I when I got married. I was
0: 21, she was 18. Okay, oh my gosh. Um, So you guys met, did you guys meet in school then? Like sitting next to each other in math class? (laughs) Like how did it happen?
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, we actually met at our church.
0: Okay, okay. And so you guys were friends through church. What was your biggest challenge with marrying at 18?
3: Um, Biggest thing was... Going into, like for me, going into adulthood, just turning 18, going into adulthood, not really knowing what to expect or kind of where my path of life was going to go. Obviously, at that moment, it can go a variety of ways. So um, I decided to go down the married route.
2: Mm. Um,
3: And we both were uh, going to college. So Danny was already um, had finished um, his associate's degree, and I was just entering um, college to get my associate's degree um so yeah i think the the biggest thing was just learning what life is like with another person there all the time and getting used to that
1: do you think that was easier to adapt to at a young age than it might have been if you'd gotten married later
4: i i would say based on our circumstances i'd say yes granted um like the first year of marriage we actually lived in our in our parents basement we rented out that for a year mm. oh, and then okay. we got our own place so i mean the at, at least that portion of it i think mm-hmm. m- made it a, a little bit easier to kind of you know navigate through
2: yeah. um
4: but overall i mean we had like i like she said we had been dating for a while so we were used to being with each other all the time you know mm-hmm. and you know in in a way kind of like our faith made it even easier to just going to it you know saying hey yeah i'm with this person i want to be with this person for the rest of my life and it just it seemed right
3: yeah okay. and then since we were just entering like adulthood it's not like we had our own places like our own like set up like a lot of people will have their own apartment and have like their set lifestyle of how they do things like us we kind of walked into it together and made it together so it's more like flexible for us i feel
4: yeah, we we had to plan a lot of those things together. Like, hey, here's our first place, you know, buying the furniture and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. We did all that together.
0: All that together from the yeah. very
1: beginning. Yeah. Since you had been dating for a, quite a while before you got married, were there any, um, like, conflicts that came up only after you got married?
4: Um in between, a, in in a relationship, you mean? Yeah, you know, like you, any you're, any you're,
1: new fights that you started. Yeah, sort of. You got married. Ways oh, yeah, yeah, that marriage yeah, yeah, <laughs> Then
3: you have cooking. Like, who's in charge of the cooking? Like, is that person going to clean all the dishes, or is it a teamwork operation? Or, I am more of the messier one, so <laughs> I'm not very particular in folding clothes right after I wash them. And Danny is one of those where. You, you can do laundry, you fold the clothes right away. So that, you know, getting used to kind of those, I'd say, smaller things, but are big things because, you know, you, yeah. you have that way of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And just to
4: clarify, it's not that I wanted her to do it or anything like that. Or, <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, she's the messy one, I'm mad, you know, so yeah. it, it, got, it, it came to be a little bit of a compromise, like, all right, well. I can do some, I can do these things if she doesn't like to do it and and vice versa, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: So one of the things we're talking about today in the podcast is a big survey that Cosmo just did about people who got married in their 20s. Um, And so you guys sort of even actually beat that by a few years. But one of the reasons that at Cosmo we wanted to do this survey was we found that when people are single, they tend to talk a lot about their dating and sex lives with their friends. But once you're married, it sort of becomes... People are less likely to talk about that. And Diana, Mm -hmm. I'm curious for you, you know, I'm sure that since you got married at a young age, you know, a lot, you probably still have a lot of friends who are single and dating. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like it was weird when people were sharing stories about that, like that you couldn't talk about married life or, you know, did that create any weirdness with your friends?
3: It totally did. So... Um, because then you'd hear about their fights and like arguments that they had with, with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, we argued too, but it's not like we can walk away from each other. Like you still have to sleep in the same bed. Like,
2: right. You
3: can't just leave the house. You know, you, you have to learn to work through things together. So, um, that always made it weird for sure. Um, obviously when it came to like the sexual relationship, like, That I was able to talk about, but not so much as, hey, I had this fling last night. It was more of I'm with the same partner and not having any worries about getting any catching anything from anyone else. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it definitely added to that. And then or people wouldn't feel comfortable to talk to me about it because it's like, oh, you're this married woman now. And then that kind of lost like I was 18, like now I was look more as this older person rather than this young person. And even like once I turned 21 it's like, okay, but you're married now. Like there, I don't know. It it seemed like to change everything about me, um, in the eyes of my friends and that.
1: Yeah. Did you turn to any new people for advice on marriage or just like as a support system because you couldn't talk to your friends as much about it?
3: Yeah. Um, well through our, our, church, you know, we really leaned on a lot of friends and, older married couples, um, because no one around our age was, was married. And so even through our friends, um, like at church, they got married in their mid twenties and that. So it was a little bit different for them to kind of understand what we were going through, but we had the similarities as far as issues going on in marriage. Um, so that was more typical. So it was easier to lean on them and to kind of, bent when I needed to, and then have them, you know, kind of understand, and then also give advice and encouragement, um, with suggestions on what to do and stuff like that.
1: So do you feel like you had kind of the same marriage issues as your older friends who were married, or were, did you have unique issues because you were a young married couple?
3: Um, I guess I would say that, um, We had some similars, but then also some newer ones, just because we were younger. And everyone around our age, especially like our friends from high school, they were more into that party scene, going out all the time. And we really weren't into that. So you know, we we'd go out with friends, but then it's like, well, we're gonna go back home. Like you know, (laughs) I guess not late night people and stuff. And then focusing more on going to vacations and things like that, mm-hmm. um, trying to travel a lot more um, than, I guess, my friends were were doing. So a lot of my friends weren't traveling around, they weren't really getting out to experience the world, and that was kind of the and in, in, in my goal, to get out to explore the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so you guys are in an interesting position because you both are still, in the grand scheme of things, very young. But you also have, what did you say at this point, 10 years of married life under your belt. So what is your number one piece of advice for couples who are getting married young?
4: Patience. or I would say definitely patience. Um, It's definitely not going to be, you know, all pretty and stuff or, or everything that you expect. Um, But if you have that patience, I'd say that is the number one thing that you're going to get. Because, I mean, if if you get into it, I mean, I would hope that you're getting into this early marriage because of the fact that you love that person truly. Yeah. And if you do, then it's going to be, it's not going to be as hard as it looks on paper. But at the same time, there will be those difficulties that every relationship will face, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of having patience and and having the maturity to, you know, be able to work through it.
0: Definitely. Diana, what about you?
3: I would say um, for communication, um, that's a huge thing. So being able to talk about what is upsetting you, um, what has bothered you, um, but also making sure to remember things that are making you happy. So one thing that Danny and I have always done is, Set goals for our lives. So we did a one-year goal, we did five-year goals, and then ten-year goals. So, oh my gosh, you guys are you know, the most five- organized
0: married people. <laughs>
1: yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what so,
0: was your one-year goal? Oh yep. What? What was your, for instance, what was your one-year goal?
3: To get our own place. Ah. So check. Yep. And and if it could be done before that, then then great. So we ended up getting getting into our own apartment, and so I was like, all right, great. Um, another one was to go on a vacation that year. So mm-hmm. we ended up going to Disney World on our first oh, okay. year. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> and then five year goal was to buy a house and whatever we needed to do to work to that. and, and that way, it's it's something that's achievable, but then you're looking forward to it and it's not completely impossible. So you know, obviously you have to make some adjustments right. and sacrifices to to get to that.
0: Yeah, um, and it's amazing that it sounds like you guys have accomplished all your goals so far. Which, What are you working on now? What's the next goal? Or is it like a wish <laughs> and you're not allowed to tell us?
4: <laughs> no, no. Right now, we're kind of just, well, we just had our baby. <gasps> okay. okay. Congratulations! We, yeah. Yeah, so we have a one-year-old, We have a one-year-old, oh. so that's a big one. Yeah. So now we're kind of like, After this first year of of parenthood, we are like, whoa. Second one. No, no, no. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) We were kind of working through that and just, you know. Learning, as you can as you see. Yeah. You would I, say.
0: I would also think that, you know, I think it's common, all my friends who are married say this again and again that as soon as you get married, people are like, When are you having a baby? Like that can yeah. be really common. Oh, yeah. And you guys that. probably got that times a thousand because it sounds like you yeah. were oh, married for goodness. a while. But yeah.
4: Every day twenty four seven it seemed like, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and especially because we were married for eight years before we Funny. finally
1: Right. You know, had a kid. Yeah.
4: So you, did can you have imagine to, like, family?
1: Because of all the external pressure, did you have to like talk yourselves out of having a baby for a long time? Like, <laughs> we're not ready.
3: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was part of our, our our after five year plan for sure. Like
4: we, we 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 were really good at making it a joke with people. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, you know, we're not. Don't. We would like get away from me. Don't talk yeah. to me about that. <laughs>
0: You guys are an inspiration, a true success story. And again, I will just say, like, the most organized married people I've (laughs) ever heard from. Um, So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I guess some final question. Like, if you could go back in time over the past 10 years, is there anything you do differently? Is there any piece of you that says, like, we wish we would have waited, or we know we want to be together, but it didn't have to happen then, or not?
4: For me, I would say the... Something that I would do different would be in, in the area of finances. Mm, <laughs> yeah. You certain and But, <laughs> I mean, as far as the relationship is concerned, I, I wouldn't change it, to be honest.
3: Hmm. It's not, and that's not just because I'm sitting right <laughs> now <laughs> answering. <laughs> um, for me, I, I definitely wouldn't change it either. I, you know, we, we understood the the important decision that this was going to be to get married at this young age we understood that you know this was going to be a long-term thing that it wasn't going to be something that we just walk away from easily Um, and so I wanted to I I knew at that moment that the way I want to spend my life was with with Danny at that time and go through life with him through all the new experiences having his love and his support right there with me and everything that I was going to be accompli- accomplishing at that time. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't change it. So far, so good. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll call you again in 10 more years. Yeah, yeah
3: there you we go. <laughs> well,
0: thank you both so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank Not
3: you guys for asking us.
0: Yes. All right. Bye, All right, guys. Bye. All right, bye. Take care. OK, they were so cute. I'm obsessed with them. I'm like, I want to be friends with you slash like <laughs> yeah. in your relationship. You could tell they were so in love. Yeah. Aw. Um, oh, my God. Emma, I just had a brilliant idea that I wish I would have thought of sooner. We should have had your husband on the podcast.
1: We are not young married couples. <laughs> Literally, neither of us are in our 20s. But I feel like it would be so fun to have Frank on the that Cosmo be, Happy Hour podcast. Well, future episode, future we can episode. have old married couples, and it'll be me and my husband. <laughs> Okay, great. We can just talk about how our knees hurt.
0: <laughs> right. Can't wait for that. Um, Emma, is there, even though you are, as you said, an old married couple, is there anything that you learned or took away um, from either the survey or from today's
1: podcast
0: as we share our final thoughts?
1: Yeah, something that was really interesting to me was kind of the disconnect between even like marriage the marriage advice kind of industry, Mm. which, you know, talking um, with Samantha Mm -hmm. kind of highlighted that, you know, she is in a place where she's offering kind of like tips. Tips and Mm -hmm. and tricks and stuff. And I think that um, I think a lot of that is focused really heavily on the positive, Mm. which can be a really good thing. Um, But I think maybe, you know, some of that, like, you know, we get a, a lot of the respondents are saying, you know, we have these we we have these bad fights, but we're still really happy. Right. And um, I think that's a, a realistic point.
0: Right. That um, people want to vent.
1: Yeah. Like, like you don't always want to, need to get it lock. out. Exactly. And I wonder, um, you know, I don't think that necessarily... Like, even Danny and Diana kind of talked a little bit about how, like, yeah, they have problems and it it was – there's been issues – Um, But they've been together for 10 years and they've been really happy. And I don't think so
0: cute. Yeah.
1: I don't think age doesn't matter when it comes to love. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, Emma, thank you as always for joining us on the podcast. Love having you on. And you do so much great work editing so many great features, including this big marriage survey piece that is up now on Cosmopolitan.com. So people should visit the site all day, every day to see more of your great work. And do you
1: also want to shout out your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Sure. I'm at Emma June. So EMMA and then June like the month June like the month
0: and as always I am at Elisa Benson you guys can find me tweet me whatever me on Instagram Snapchat wherever I always want to hear about if there are things on your mind that you want to see us dive into on future episodes of the podcast and as always thank you for listening to the show and rating it and liking it and sharing it and telling your friends to subscribe whatever I really appreciate it so much and I will see you guys next week bye